Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. I want to start with a passage of Scripture. It's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4 through to 7 in the New Living Translation. It reads this. It said, When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Now, if you're familiar with the book of Genesis, what you would appreciate is we're reading part of the creation story. In fact, uh, we're reading a little bit more of a detailed account of what happened on day six when God created mankind. Uh, Up to this point, God has created the heavens and the earth, the stars and the moon and the sun, and He's created the oceans and the creatures that live in them. He's created the wild animals and the creatures that crawl along the ground, but now He decides to create mankind. Uh, Not only to have dominion over what He's created, but most importantly, to be in a personal loving relationship with Him. And uh, uh, something you notice about the creation story is that we're not given a lot of detail about how things were created. Uh, Instead, all we read is that God spoke it into being and it was. Uh, For example, He says, it says in Genesis 1 verse 3, it said that God said, let there be light and immediately there was light. Essentially, we're introduced to this notion that God doesn't need anything else to create something. He can just speak it and His Word is all creative and powerful in itself. It says this in Psalm 33, verse 6. It says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the Word, and all the stars were born. And now, this is obviously a bit of a you know, far-out concept for us because it doesn't quite work that way for us. We can't create something out of nothing. We have to start with something. For example, if you want to bake a cake, you can't just say, cake, right? Boom, there's a cake, right? You have to get all the ingredients together. You have to put them together in the right place. You have to put them in the oven at the right temperature and hopefully it comes out. You've got a cake that's edible, right? Um, But God, He can just say, cake. And there's a cake and it's the best tasting cake you've ever had, right? It's such a good cake. Think of whatever your favorite cake is. But that's what He can do. He can just speak a word and what He says comes into existence. And this is such an encouraging truth to know. Because it means if, if you have a situation where you need a miracle from God, it, it doesn't matter if you can see something around you physically that He could work with or that could make it happen. Even if you can't, it doesn't matter because all you need is God. And God can just speak a word and that thing can come into being. This is why Jesus was able to say in Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for those who believe. He didn't say everything is possible for those who can work it out or everything is possible for those who have something to work with. He just said, no, everything is possible for those who believe because you already have God and God is enough. He can just speak it and it comes into being. So when it comes to how God created the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, 
And the stars, all we're told is God spoke it and it was birthed into existence. However, when we read how God created mankind, you and I, we notice something a little bit different. We notice that in forming mankind, God used two distinct elements. He used the dust of the ground and His life-giving breath. Let's read it again, Genesis 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. And it's that second ingredient, that life-giving breath that separates mankind from all other, all rest of creation because it's that life-giving breath, uh, breath, breath. That life-giving breath, that's the one, that's the one that made us a, a living, breathing, spiritual being that could have a personal relationship with our Creator. As for, unfortunately, as we know, it wasn't too long after till sin had separated us from God had broken that relationship. Essentially, we could say that sin took our breath away. Good thing is though, when Jesus came and died and rose again, He came to give us our breath back. Because the first thing Jesus did after He was resurrected is He went to His disciples and the Bible says that He, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And He forgave them of their sins and He restored them back into relationship with their Heavenly Father. And when you give your life to Jesus, He does the same thing for you. He breathes into you the Holy Spirit. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. You are forgiven and you are brought back into relationship with your Heavenly Father. For which, I don't know about you, but I can never thank Him enough, amen. But what I wanna focus on this evening is not so much the breath of God, but rather the fact that God formed man out of the dust of the ground. The reason I wanna focus on this is because I was studying Genesis chapter two and it did not go unnoticed to me that right before we are told that He formed man out of the dust of the ground, it tells us some important information about how that ground operates. Read it again, Genesis two verse four to five. It says, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. So nothing was growing. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth and there were no people to cultivate the soil. All right, so what we're told in this passage is that the ground, the ground had great potential to produce something. It had the potential to produce these wild flowers and these grains, these amazing things, yet that potential would not be able to burst forth until another element was added, until there was the element of rain. And not just a little bit of rain, but a lot of rain, enough rain to get down deep into the soil so that it could activate those things. And the things that were hidden within the soil suddenly were able to burst forth and be revealed. You know, I believe in the same way that soil has a unique relationship with rain, you and I have a unique relationship with the presence of God. You see, inside each and every one of us, there's certain gifts, talents, and abilities that God has hidden in us that He wants to pull out of us so that we're able to do what He's called us to do. But in the same way, 
the things that are hidden in the soil can't be revealed until it receives the rain. The things that are hidden inside you and I can't be revealed until they're brought into the presence of God. Because it's the presence of God that draws those things out of us. You see, it's in the presence of God where you will find courage. It's in the presence of God where visions are revealed. It's in the presence of God where true perspective is caught. It's in the presence of God where callings are released, giftings are grown, lives are transformed. It's in the presence of God. We become who God has called us to be. In, uh, in the Old Testament, a future King David is on the run and he's fleeing from an enemy and he finds himself in the middle of a desert where he's been for quite some time. Essentially, he's in a place that is very scarce of rain. There's no water, not a lot of water in that desert to feed or to, to feed his thirst of his body. Now, if I was in David's position, um, my thoughts would probably all be about where can I get some water? Like I'm in the middle of the desert, I'm on the run, I don't have a lot of things, that, I need some water to be able to take care of my physical body. Yet in the middle of the desert, David takes a moment to sit down and compose what has become known as Psalm 63. And he starts off the Psalm incredibly saying this, he says, oh God, you are my God and I long for you. My whole being desires you like a dry, worn out and waterless land. My soul is thirsty for you. Now here's David in the middle of a desert and instead of yearning for something physical, he's still yearning for something spiritual. Instead of thirsting for water, he's still thirsting for the presence of God. And I was so challenged by that because I thought, how many times have I lacked something physical or material and been yearning for that instead of yearning for God? Here he is lacking something he needs for his body, yet he's still yearning more so for the presence of God. I wonder if it's because David had a revelation that sure, water could maybe satisfy his thirst for a moment. But the presence of God, the presence of God could satisfy his entire being for a lifetime. We need the presence of God. You know, something I'm sure you're aware of is that, you know, when soil hasn't had a lot of rain, it can, uh, it can dry up pretty quickly. In fact, if you are in a drought-stricken area, the soil can get so dry that it starts to, you know, just break apart. In fact, it might look uh, something like this. Well, and uh, it just gets so dry and so brittle. And the, the problem with soil like that is very hard to work with. You ever had to dig a hole in dry soil? It takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy just to try to get somewhere. Uh, on the other hand, though, if soil has had a lot of rain, uh, then it tends to be a lot softer. It tends to draw in that rain. And it probably looks uh, maybe something a little bit more like this. It's a lot more pliable. It's a lot more movable. You can tend to shift it around as you need to do. And I was doing some research on this, and I discovered that the type of soil that is most affected by rain is clay. 
because clay actually has what they call a, a high shrink swell capacity. In other words, it means that when it receives rain, um, it, 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 or sorry, when it doesn't receive any rain, it begins to, the particles in the soil shrink up and they begin to separate and dry out. And that's why you get the cracks. But when it has received a lot of rain, it, it draws the water in and the particles within the soil swell up and it becomes loose and soft and, and pliable. And I, I saw this and, and it was like the Holy Spirit reminded me of a verse in the book of Isaiah where the prophet is describing our relationship with God. And he says this in Isaiah 64 verse 8. He says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. He says, we are the clay. He is the one who molds and shapes, but we are the clay. We are the clay, the clay that has that high shrink swell capacity. That clay whose moldability is determined by how much rain it has had fall upon it. And I saw that and I thought, wow, if, if, if we are the clay and how much rain that clay has had it makes the difference between how moldable and shapeable it is, then doesn't it make sense that if we wanna become who God has called us to become, if we wanna be shaped into being more like Jesus, if we wanna draw out what's inside of us, then we can't avoid being in the presence of God. We need to sit under the rain of heaven and allow His rain to come upon us so that God can continue to mold and shape us. You know, if, if we're not growing, it might be because we're just not simply spending enough time in His presence. If we seem like we're just not getting anywhere, we seem like we're just staying in the same place, maybe just get into His presence. Soften up again. Allow Him to mold and shape you as He needs to. It's His desire for us. You see, spending time in the presence of God isn't just a good idea, it's a necessity. We cannot accomplish what we're called to accomplish. We cannot become what we're called to become. We cannot reach who we're called to reach if we don't spend time in His presence. Because God designed it that our lives are dependent upon it. Here's the thing though, one more thought and I'm gonna pray. We're gonna worship, we're gonna pray. Here's the thing though. Just being in the presence of His presence is not enough. Just being in the presence of His presence is not enough. You see, I want you to imagine for a moment that it's, it's raining in here, right? Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Imagine it's raining in here. Now, if I was to walk through that rain, if I was to walk through that rain, I'm gonna get wet, right? But if I walk through it with an umbrella, I can be standing right in the presence of rain and not getting wet, right? Because the umbrella is creating a barrier between me and the rain. I can be standing right in the presence of rain and not being affected by it because this umbrella is creating a barrier between me and the rain. Do you know, in a similar way, sometimes there's barriers that we're carrying around. Barriers of mindsets, barriers of attitudes, 
barriers are, are, are characteristics that we may or may not even know that we're carrying around and where we are find ourselves in the very presence of His presence, but not being touched by it. Because they're creating a barrier between us and God. Things like familiarity, lack of hunger, anger, distractions, laziness, doubt, disbelief, self-righteousness, pride, shame, guilt, all things like that, they create this barrier between us and the presence of God. And we can be in a room like this, standing right in the very presence of God and not being touched by His presence because we have these barriers that are stopping us from receiving from Him. So how do we receive from His presence? How, how do we receive? Well, I believe it starts by letting those things go. Letting those things go and just coming into His presence and just surrendering all you have to Him. Just letting the rain of heaven just pour down upon you. Just surrendering yourself to God. Just humbling yourself before Him and saying, God, I lay every distraction aside. Come on, stand up on your feet. I lay everything aside, God, because I just wanna be in Your presence. I just need to be touched by You, God. I need You, Jesus. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe He's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. 
You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.